Welcome to All About Audio Podcast, where we discuss topics relevant to audio industry professionals. I'm your host, Sean Chapman. Each month, I will interview audio professionals to bring you tips and advice for working in audio or starting your own business. This month, I sat down with Denver mastering engineer Ira Dechter to speak about mastering in the age of streaming and alternate audio professions. Thanks for being here today, Ira. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role in the audio world? Yeah, sure. So um, let's see. I moved to Colorado to go to CU, CU Denver, for the you know, audio production, whatever you want to call it, school Mm -hmm. from Maryland. And that was in 2006. Always knew that I wanted to work in audio, did, you know, basement studio recordings and stuff in high school. We were, there was a bunch of bands around and I was the only guy that had, you know, some microphones and stuff. So, uh, got into it pretty early. Uh, my, my dad was a sound guy. Grandfather was a musician always knew I wanted to pursue uh, an audio career. Let's talk about mastering in the modern age of streaming. How has it changed for the better and or worse in your opinion? For sure. Yeah. Um, it's definitely different these days. You know, there's a lot more, uh, platforms out there, you know, yeah. Uh, mastering isn't just for one medium. That's it's not just for a CD or for a record. And the problem is, you know, all these streaming platforms have different criteria, you know, different loudness criteria, different algorithms that they use to compress the audio, everything like that. Um, So I I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a a challenge. I think, you know, it comes down to the music Mm -hmm. and you just got to focus on the music when you're mastering. I think uh, uh, some people get caught up in the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Spotify plays back at this level or Tidal plays at this level or yeah. So I think you just got to focus on the music, you mm-hmm. know, whatever sounds good. If it sounds good, great. It'll so translate. Saying, if it's, if it sounds good, once you've bounced it, then it should sound good on any medium. Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, don't get caught up in the numbers. Just make it sound good. Cool. For I think sure. that's good advice. Also, we wanted to talk, uh, talk about alternate audio professions. I mean, my story is kind of different. So I was a um, live sound engineer for a long time, a front of house engineer for a really long time. And, you know, coming out of college, that's that's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to tour. I wanted to manage a, stu- um, a venue. And I was caught up in that world. and It was awesome. And I fucking loved it. Um, but I, it's, it's crazy, man. Like I, I wanted to find something different to do, you know, I was becoming older and wanted to make more money. And, you know, totally. I was like, what can I do? You know, you, I, I tried to think outside the box and a lot of people can do that. You know, you're, you're not just stuck in a live sound engineer or a studio engineer. You know, there's a lot of other stuff out there that people need. Uh, mm-hmm. um, in terms of audio. So that brought me to audiology. Um, hearing loss runs in my family. I've been around hearing aids my entire life. So I always kind of had an interest in that technology. Um, so that's what I do on my, you know, day to day, nine to five. And then I do mastering, you know, nights and weekends now, just kind of for fun. It was such an easy transition for me because mm-hmm. 
your your perception of sound from a sound engineer is so much different from someone like a doctor. Yeah. You know, sure. so I I honestly I think I have better hearing aid outcomes than the doctor. Yeah, your your ears because, too. Yeah, and I and you know I understand what when people say uh, things are too tinny mm-hmm. or things aren't aren't clear or or things are muffled because that's the same thing that people would say to me in the studio or in the front of house or in monitors, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you, you immediately, what do you do? You grab an EQ yeah, and you boost or you cut. And that's exactly what you do with the hearing aids. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. The technology is incredible. So tell me about your time studying audio at CU Denver. Uh, yeah, it was a great school. I, I fucking loved it. I worked in the core I'm sure some of your listeners will know the core. The core was like the studio inside the school, inside the arts building. It was awesome. Like we had access to Neumann, Neve. I mean, you name it, all the nice gear, Millennia EQs. I mean, all sorts of stuff. API. Um, So it was a great school and no regrets. I know in audio, some people are like, oh, you don't need school. And yeah, I guess you don't need it but it was amazing networking i'm still you know talk to some of the guys and and girls from the school and it was i loved it it was awesome nice very cool yeah yeah i mean really hands-on like we had the old analog neve console with the with the click knobs um i forget what what model it was or anything but it was it was really cool very nice. Yeah. Um, so tell me about Dog Gate Mastering and what is your role in, in that company? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, after leaving the front of house world, I always was fascinated with mastering. I've studied under a ma- uh, mastering engineer uh, out in the Maryland and D.C. area. Um, Grammy award winning, you know, amazing person uh, named Greg Lukens, who's actually blind. Wow. And his his sight, his, losing his sight when he was, I think he was like 12 or 13, you know, his hearing got more acute mm-hmm. and, and well-tuned. So he's just a mastering guy. So I've always kind of done mastering. But a- after I left the front of house where I was like, all right, I, I need to stay in audio, even though I'm doing the hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Now is the time. Now that I'm doing the hearing aids, I got the the income and the, and the evenings and the weekends to focus on mastering. And my, my goal was just to help my friends bands, you know, help the local bands that can't afford the, you know, big mastering houses, mm-hmm. the hundred dollars a song places, yeah, you know, but still expensive. offer that high quality mastering. And I, I, I feel like that it was something that Denver needed just for like local bands. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's very expensive to, to have your album mastered. And, um, yeah. some, some yeah. people might quite, un, might not understand why they need, you know, the record mastered or what that means exactly. I saw, I saw, you know, somewhere that you would, I think it was on your Facebook page that it was like the icing on the cake. Um, yeah. how would you describe that? Like, sure. you know, the importance of mastering and, and what that is for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it comes back to that, the first question about the streaming services and listening in different environments and listening on the different systems, you want your stuff to sound consistent. 
mm-hmm. and you want it to translate through anything you want. I mean, someone's listening on Spotify in their car. You want it to bump. You want it to sound clean and nice. Someone's listening to it on some earbuds. Same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where mastering comes into play is just ha- making it sound good across pretty much anything. Um, so, it's the, you know, it's the last step before the consumer gets to hear your music. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's polishing up or you, you get the mix right. You know, I don't I try not to mess with the mix. People work very hard on the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's my job to enhance that mix. Yeah. What, what would you say to people who want to mix and master their own music themselves? Would you recommend that? For sure. I mean, it's I feel like <laughs> it's always good to have an outside ear. When, they, when you mix and record your own music, you know, you're hearing those songs over and over mm-hmm. and over, right? And so you, you can get kind of sick of them. You can have ear fatigue, hearing fatigue. So I think it's important to have that outside ear mm-hmm. on things, you know? And, and so I think at least for mastering, it's important to outsource that. Totally. And I've heard that yeah. um, if you mix and master in your same room, whatever issues are in your room would be compounded in the final mix. Do you think that's true? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I was going to say that. I was going to say mm-hmm. if you send it to a mastering engineer, tip, they, they probably have a really well-tuned room, mm-hmm. you know, really nice playback system, full range playback system. So they can really hear if you, you know, you got a bedroom studio, that's awesome. And the gear is so accessible these days, but it may not be perfect. So I think sending it to a mastering person that has like a really well-tuned room is going to is going to help in the end. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Can you tell me about some of your favorite gear that you have? A lot of my stuff now I'm doing in the box and I don't see a problem with that, honestly. So I definitely like uh, dangerous. The back CQ It's just simple. It sounds awesome. You don't even have to do anything and it kind of brightens up a little bit of that top end. Um, I use that all the time. Mid side EQ. Yeah. It's like the, just like an Abbey Road Waves plugin, but it has a mid-side mode. So that's nice to just kind of pull up, you know, the symbols or the height of the sound. Um, definitely use that. Uh, fab filter, obviously, like every mastering guy is using Fab, fab, fab Filter Pro L2 okay. is the limiter, just right at the end of the chain. Um, really easy to use. Sounds awesome. A ton of different presets and settings and you can really get it dialed it's all about eq i got like a ton of eqs um mm-hmm. gotta have eq pull tech stuff i don't even usually do anything to it if you just send audio through it it's just so nice in the mid-range on that thing it's awesome and that's just the ua version can you tell um people what what is mid-side uh mid-side is so it splits the signal it's kind of it uses phasing to do it, but it splits the signal so that you can focus on stuff. So you got a stereo signal, um, and things are panned throughout the mix. You can focus on things that are just in the center, say a kick drum, snare drum, vocal, mm-hmm. or you can there's stuff panned to the side, the cymbals, the guitars, some backing vocals. It, you know, with mastering, you only get the stereo mix. So mid side is a really nice tool if you need to make some detail changes um, to certain instruments, but I like it for just the width, nice stereo width, adding some height to it um, on the cymbals, stuff like that. You got to use it sparingly because it can cause 
like phasing issues. Um, so I'm saying half a DB, maybe a DB here and there, um, if it needs it. Okay. For for the mid-side EQ, yeah. Uh, what DAW do you use? I use Pro Tools mostly just because that's what I grew up on and I know all the key commands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also use uh, WaveLab, Steinberg, WaveLab for like DDP files, CD, sequencing, uh, metadata, stuff like that. So I'll do okay. the majority of the work in Pro Tools, and then I'll I'll dump it into WaveLab and do the finishing touches. Interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. about that and about metadata? And yeah, so it's kind of like that's a a small thing in mastering is just adding. You know, you can add album art to stuff. You can add the song titles, the you know the coding and and all sorts of things. Very cool. Which honestly, it's kind of going away i think because that's a lot for like cds mm-hmm. you know you pop the cd in your car and the the titles of the songs scroll by right you can add all that in but for it. streaming yeah. services you don't really need it streaming services honestly these days i just i, I tell the client to just do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool um do you have any advice to uh people who are just starting out in audio for like, sure yeah um be patient, be consistent, and bust your ass. You know, there's a lot of people that are trying to do what you're trying to do. So just just work hard. You know, don't be the the sound guy that's that's hanging out at the bar having a beer during the <laughs> band. You know, stay at the faders and and stay up there and take the job seriously, whether you're mixing at a bar or at a big club. You know, take the job seriously. Yeah, for sure. I think anybody who's been in bands like knows about about that sound engineer who, who sits at the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> not to name any names. Um, so yeah, and also, man, I want to talk briefly. Um, more advice, you know, bringing into my other career is protecting your hearing. You know, if you're in a long mixing session, take breaks, step outside to get some fresh air, let your ears kind of cool down. The nerve endings in the cochlea will bounce back pretty quickly if there's some silence or some breaks in there. So definitely take breaks. If you're doing live sound, get some nice custom earplugs, get some musician plugs and, and try not to blast out yourself and the audience. Have you witnessed a lot of people who've lost hearing due to, to loud music? Yeah, I have. Um, it does take a lot though. I'm, I'm talking professional musicians, you know, professional audio engineers are going to get that. It's not the casual listener typically. It's mm-hmm. the day-to-day, everyday exposure. It's not the occasional concert. Yeah, but but if you're careful, you, you take care of your ears, most likely be all right. Yeah, yeah. They make really good custom like musician earplugs that have special mm-hmm. filters in them that allow you to still hear a pretty flat frequency response. It's just attenuated mm-hmm. down. Yeah, and they're really good. And I make those over at my clinic if if y'all... Oh, cool. Get, get some. Nice. Yeah, can you tell us how... Yeah. Um, how- can we get those? Um, yeah, so I work at the Hearing Clinic, and it's in Cherry Creek off of First Avenue. It's a few blocks west of Colorado Boulevard. And, uh, you know, we're on Google and, and everywhere. So if you want to get some earplugs, custom monitors, just are curious and want to get a free hearing test, you know, give cool. me a call and, and we'll get you in. Very nice. Um, is there anything else that, that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, you know, L- let me know if you need mastering. Like I said, I'm here. 
I'm trying to get my, you know, I've had the studio, I think four years now. So I'm still, still kind of building a reputation and clientele. So hit me up and let's work together. Cool. Um, and how can people support you and, and find you online? Can you shout out some of your. Yeah. Sites? So, uh, doggatemastering.com or just Facebook doggate mastering, or just hit me up personally on Facebook. I'm, I'm easy to talk to. I'm here for you. So I'm, I'm around. Yeah. Doggate mastering. Uh, where, where is, is doggate mastering? It's actually in my homes. My wife and I bought a home in August nice. and it had an extra bedroom and she said, go, go for it. Do whatever you want. Nice. Very cool. So, um, I'm, I built it out. Always working on stuff, still, still tweaking stuff, still, you know, but, uh, it's, it's up and running. And so, yeah, it's just upstairs in my house. It's pretty sweet. And that's in the Clayton neighborhood. Cool. Um, well, Hey man, I really appreciate you coming on and appreciate your time. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. I really hope that you got something out of it. Check back on the first of each month for new episodes. 